This Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 400 Betting Picks edition of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5 on football only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code CFBX on your first purchase to save $20. Download the game time app and use promo code s or cfbx we're also brought to you by underdog fantasy play the underdog fantasy pick them in college or nfl and win up to 20 times in one game use promo code sgpn at underdog fantasy for a 100 deposit bonus up to 100 dollars finally we're brought to you by hall of fame bets the sports betting research platform for parlays player prop and game lines download the hall of fame bets app or visit hofbets.com Use code SGPN to get 50% off of your first month and start making smarter bets today. Driver, start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions but since i'm on probation i suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well if you could talk about racing things we could talk about racing things. now here are your hosts rod via gomez and cody zeeb It's Tuesday, and you know what that means. It, of course, is the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Cody Zeeb. I'm Rod Gomez. The Cup Racers move on to the great state of Texas for the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 400. I can say that. You and made it. Good job. That'll Rod. be the I'm last time you. that I'm going to be able to say it correctly. I, so I'm going to stop right there. But yes, it is, of course, <laughs> Texas Motor Speedway in Fort Worth. Uh, we're uh, excited to have some some mile and a half racing back. And uh, I mean, I don't know, Cody, we've had a lot of back and forth over the last few uh, few weeks as far as races are concerned. Can we can we handle a simple mile and a half at this point? Right back to the back to what used to be considered the the cookie cutter uh regular regular type of track right but uh it's i'm very interested to see how this weekend goes because texas was repaved in 2017 so it's still fairly newer pavement so we don't necessarily get the tire wear like we've gotten at places like kansas where it's made for just amazing racing right a lot of that's because of the tire wear you don't see that as much we had tire problems here last year but that was not tire wear related that was the whole uh, we're not inflating it to where it should be thing and, and all of that. But so I, I don't know. It's been Texas has kind of been I mean, they went from two dates to one day because the racing wasn't great. But we've seen the intermediates and in, in the mile and a half really deliver lately. Uh, IndyCar, the race at Texas earlier this year. Holy shit was one of the best IndyCar races I've ever seen. Like so much action. So great. Uh, there was multiple grooves on the track. So uh, my hopes are. Uh, you know, I'm trying not to go too high because because Texas has been disappointing in the past. But uh, I do feel like we, we're probably in for a pretty good race this weekend. 
Yeah, and honestly, again, I think maybe these drivers need sort of the uh, exhale moment that they can have on this type of a mile and a half because they have been under the pressure cooker for the last few weeks. Was it road course? Was you know short track? All the stuff that they were thrown at super speedways. Uh, it just it feels like I think they need to take a good deep breath and just take you know the four corners the way God intended them to be. And uh, and just kind of lay it all out there. Obviously, a mile and a half, nice little expansive uh, offering that they've got going on for this particular track. But yes, I, I think even as fans, we I think we need to take a deep breath and just watch ourselves a nice little mile and a half track. Yeah, I mean, you know, two of the last three races we had uh, tracks that were tough, Bristol and Darlington, obviously, right? And and really, I mean, five hundred laps at Bristol. We talked about it last week. That's that's grueling. It's rough. Darlington is always a tough track. We had Kansas in there, so we did get have had a mile and a half here recently. But this is the most, other than Phoenix, obviously, because that's where you win the championship. This is the most important race in the entire playoffs, in my opinion, because this is the toughest round of the playoffs, because obviously the bottom four have been lopped off. You kind of had the two guys that we said it, right? They didn't really have a chance to win this championship. They made the playoffs. It was great. It was awesome for the teams and stuff. Would have been a Cinderella run if they made it. Obviously, they didn't. But I mean, you're you're down to to twelve guys now that that really all twelve could probably win the championship. I mean, you can see a way they can all twelve get to the two Phoenix and, and be wearing that crown at the end of the season. So you've got that, and then you look at the next two races in this round, right? And it's Talladega next week. We know anything goes. Anybody can have a good day. Anybody can have a bad day. Uh, shit can go crazy. And then it's the Roval. And not only is it the Roval, but they moved the, the restart zone into the chicane and uh, they added the stage breaks back in there. So you're going to get more restarts. You're going to get the strategy. Like, so getting as many points as possible, maximizing your points this weekend. And if you can, if you're one of these 12 playoff drivers and you win this race and you don't have to worry about the next two weeks, that is going to be so good on yourself, so good on your team. And anyone, over these next three races can get nobody is safe. We saw it already in the first round with Martin Truex. He almost didn't make it, right? Um, and so even more so in this round, you're really not safe because obviously there's less cars, so it's quicker to get to the cut line. And there is these big wild cards. I mean, the two biggest wild card races in the playoffs are the second two races of this round. So Texas this weekend, in my opinion, the most important race other than Phoenix in the entire playoffs just because of what comes right after it and, and how it plays a factor into who gets into the round of eight and has a chance to go race for the championship. And we're going to find out obviously this weekend, if, if Truex can keep up anything I mean, I obviously have him to win the whole thing. So I'm hoping amongst hopes that he keeps it up. But again, you know, sort of just falling off the pace here and, and maybe he can pick it back up again. But you know, you got guys like Truex who are in the hunt. You got guys who are like Bubba Wallace that are still in the hunt. What do you overcome the largest deficit to to get there uh, to make it into the next round? So lots of, of storylines playing out there uh, on these 334 laps around this mile and a half paved uh, track. 501 miles in this race, although we did not call it the Echo Park Automotive 400 Uh I'm not really sure why it's 500 when we're still calling it 400. Wait, isn't it? I can't remember. There was a specific reason that it's 400. 
right? I, I know I said this last year, and I think it was... For, for Texas? Yes. It's 400 miles, so it's 400. Makes sense. Why does it say 501 on my research sheet? Did I write the thing down wrong? I think you... I don't know. I'm looking at NASCAR's uh, official website oh, here, and it's... You know what? I'm looking... 267 laps, 400 miles. Darn you, racing reference. Are you looking reference? at the other Auto Trader yeah. Echo Park? Because this is the second Auto Trader Echo Park race we've had of the year, but the other one was somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, no, maybe I might be looking at the right. No, I, I'm looking at the right one. It's just it's just listed wrong on this on this particular site that I look at. They're leading me astray. So my yeah, I mean, a lot of these races used to be 500 miles, and then yeah, they did. Obviously, we've we've just cut back. We don't have very many 500 miles anymore. A lot of a lot of races are 400 just in general. Okay, uh, yeah, then I must just be uh, out of my mind. But whatever. Listen, full disclosure, I sat in about 45 minutes worth of... Tra- it's going to keep long, keep getting longer every time I tell the story. Uh, th- just what I was telling Cody was a half hour. It was, it was like five minutes the first time. I yeah, now, it, now, no, now it was a 45 full minutes of sitting in one place in traffic. My my mind is shot at this point for trying to, to muscle my way through, but I'm going to do it because I love you guys to death. Uh, but yes, it is 400 miles. Uh, yeah, okay, see, so this is the Auto Trader Echo Park Automatic 500 on this. So that's that's the weird thing about on the website itself. Hmm. It says Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500. So. I don't know. Something's it's, crazy. It's definitely the 400. So. Oof, NASCAR's drunk too. Holy cow. <laughs> How many laps, NASCAR, are we running this weekend? I know your, your schedule here says 267 laps, 400 miles. But when I click on the auto par- auto trader, I said I wasn't going to say it again. It says 500 Sunday, September 25th, 3:30 Eastern. Yeah. Well, that's not the right date either because it's the 24th. You must be looking at a different year, Rod. Yeah, no. They listen. <laughs> if I'm telling you, you click on this and it Some, takes you there. Somebody somewhere messed. NASCAR is fired. Let's get out of this so I don't have to oh, boy. <laughs> tiptoe around. I hope this isn't the first episode of the show you've li- ever listened to because you're going to think we don't. If it nothing. is, give us another chance. We Seriously. promise it gets better. Stick around after the break. I'll, I'll, I'll make it up to you. Let's tell you first about DraftKings. Oh, see, I'm pushing wrong buttons all over the place. Tell you about DraftKings. We're back with another week of football. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on NFL action with a great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. So go throw $5 down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away as an instant winner. DraftKings isn't stopping there. No, all customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. We're going to give you a lot of the lines that we like here later on, most of which have come from DraftKings. So uh, keep posted. We'll give you our favorite bets from the DraftKings Sportsbook as the show goes along. Football's more fun when you get in on the action. Download the app now. Sign up with code SGP. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Hate buying tickets almost as much as I hate sitting in traffic. It's lame. It makes it's time-intensive. It makes you angry. Literally, you can't move. You can't move the prices off of what they are, right? Just like you can't move the cars in front of you. It is a stressful experience. I hate it. Well, now with game time... The hate's kind of diminished a little bit. Now I just mildly dislike it. I'll get to the point where I like it again because game time's going to keep making it easier for me to not only buy these tickets, but buy them last minute because sometimes I could be trapped in traffic for two days and I don't know if I'm going to make the concert. Therefore, 
I don't know what I'm going to be doing in two days when I'm finally out of that traffic. So finally, I get to purchase the tickets. Game time is going to make that much easier for me because they give me all the best deals on last minute tickets and they even give me flash deals on last minute ticket purchases so I can see the concerts that I want and not have to worry about trying to plan ahead to make those concerts. You too can snag those tickets without the stress. You too can stop worrying about how and when you're going to buy these tickets and just enjoy the fact that you're going to go to the show download the game time app create an account use code cfbx for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem code cfbx for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right cody uh there is some news and some notes you just you told me before and like i said Stuck in traffic, bad cell reception, don't know what's going on. You told me somebody lost a job today. Yeah, uh, in some, I guess I don't know if it's surprising or if it's entertaining at this point, but Matt Benedetto out of the Rackley War racing number 25 truck. He had already announced that he wasn't coming back next season, uh, and he was eliminated from the next round of the playoffs in this last race, but uh they, they said that he's done in these last three races. It'll be somebody else in the car. Um, so, yeah, he's out. Uh, already was looking for a new ride in 2024. Rackley War says it will have a new driver for the final three races of the year. Uh, now, obviously, rumor mill starts churning very quickly, and, and Noah Gragson is the first name that pops up, um, which would make a lot of sense, right? So, back to Benedetto. Uh, <laughs> he, he's a controversial driver, obviously. We don't need to get into all that. Uh, but one thing about the guy, I know he's real good at his sappy posts and, you know, woe is me stuff he always puts on on social media, but he doesn't bring anything with him. I mean, has the guy ever had his own sponsorship that's followed him from one place to another? I don't think so. So, like, when he was with Wood Brothers, he had Menards because that's a Penske sponsor, and he had, you know, the Quick Lane stuff and the Ford Quality stuff because they've been with Wood Brothers for 3,000 years, but he never brought his own stuff. And if you remember back in the days of the was it the 95 car? One of the cars he was on before where he was always begging for sponsorship money and putting out all these sappy videos and stuff. And I get it. It's hard and it's a hustle and he's, he's trying to do it and stuff, but he doesn't bring any funding with him. Right. And now Rackley obviously is Rackley roofing is their sponsor most of the time. So they provide most of their own funding. Um, but you wonder if a guy like Noah Gregson, I mean, there's been rumors that he still got partners, right? Uh, I think it was black rifle coffee. I want to say was supposed to be on the 42 car as a primary spot for a couple of these upcoming races. Then they pulled out once Noah was released because they were going to stick with Noah. He's obviously been reinstated by NASCAR. He's starting to do some late model stuff, got some other stuff scheduled. So kind of getting his name back out there would make a lot of sense if he got it. Obviously that's not from, from anyone reputable at this point that he's going to be in that car. But um, that's obviously been the, the quick rumors as far as um, maybe what's going on in that car, but it, it will be interesting my best guess is somebody brought funding and they said, if you're gone anyways, see you later. And De Benedetto has a way of burning bridges when he's on his way out. Um, so that's, you know, kind of what happened in the, in the 21 car there. I think, didn't he not finish the last race or two of that ride because he made some comments that, that probably shouldn't have made. And yeah. So uh, again, <laughs> just interesting. And if he doesn't, which, you would assume he's got a deal done because why would he, why announce unless you're really trying to put it out there, you know, throw the bait out there like, hey, I'm available. Come get me because he thinks he's a big prize, I guess. Uh, this this probably wouldn't help that 
situation. If a team is considering bringing him on and they look at it and they're like, mm, uh, this happened again, is that even worth touching? So I very interesting scenario all around. And it could have been one of the great underdog stories in, in NASCAR at one point in time, if you know, almost won Bristol that one, one time uh, in the 95 car and, and had some good runs here and there, but like, it spiraled downward, and, and this maybe could be the end of that. Well, one thing's for certain. I mean, obviously, he was running top 10, right? I mean, this is one of those situations where you're right. He either must have a deal or he must just really not care. Because, I mean, I don't know who, where, and where else. I mean, you know, I know we're going to spend a lot of time in the in the offseason talking about all these things because I don't know that anybody's going to announce that they're signing Matt Benedetto before the end of the season. So, like, where – I don't even know what makes sense for him at this point. There's no open rides to me that feel like, yeah, this is a slam dunk for Matt right. Benedetto. Well, especially not rides that are funded by themselves. Like, <laughs> again, he who's he bringing? He's not bringing anything with them. So, like – it's a tough business, but it takes a lot of money to race these these cars and these trucks. And if you don't bring anything with you, how many times have we seen guys get overlooked or, or moved on from because they don't have the funding with them? So, uh, yeah, just an interesting situation overall. All right. No more Matt Benedetto head to heads then. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, yeah, he's a guy we talked about a lot when it came to betting on the trucks. Right. And mm -hmm. really, the performance had been there. I think it was nine of the last 11 truck races. He'd been inside the top 10 like been finishing well so again you'd like to have been a fly on the on the wall for how this went down right did he tell him he was coming back and then he was like uh, and then he decided oh, i'm not coming back and i found something else or i want to go look elsewhere or, or did he just you know was it kind of like well you know i'm leaving in a couple races anyways so fuck off and i who knows that's so, like military I, short timers disease when you know you're like a, a month or two out or even sometimes it gets to be oh, a year bro, out i was and you're just like you know what uh, I was the best at that. I would be like, yeah, I, I got to go do this and that. And like, and they'd be like, well, you need to be at this. And I'm like, do I need to be there? You're going to kick me out? Or, you know, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, what are you going to do? Fire me? I already quit. So yeah, thank you, but I'm good. I, I have, uh, I, I have to turn to my equipment. That, I, I, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, I'm I got to go get something signed at somewhere that you have no <laughs> idea about because you've never got out of it. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, but. Uh, yeah, so that's obviously the big news today. A couple of the things we didn't touch on real quick yesterday. There's so much stuff to talk about always, especially after busy weekends. Um, and we just don't have enough time for it all. But the Clash will return again this year um, at the Coliseum. Again, next year, I guess, technically, 2024. It'll be February 4th. I believe that is the week before the Super Bowl again, like normal. Um, so, yeah, they're going to do that. And NASCAR Mexico will race at the track uh, the same day, which will be pretty pretty cool to watch and entertaining. And Maybe they'll give us some betting lines for that. That'd be great. Oh, that would be amazing. Could you imagine this? Oh, man. Oh, we got to look into the NASCAR Mexico drivers. Oh, buddy. Listen, I was just listening to a, a um, uh, podcast about positioning and thinking about how we have grown from just like we talk about it, that one show to now we have all this. Uh, we've, we've augmented ourselves and now let's get into NASCAR Mexico. Yes, please. Let's get into the Mexican driving circuit. I, I'm good with that. I'll enter that market. I love it. Okay, one last thing. Uh, we talked about Spire acquiring that extra charter from uh, LiveFast, but the other part of that we didn't mention, I don't think, uh, was Trackhouse signed Zane Smith uh, as part of their team. And, and what's kind of very interesting, 
they signed a multi-year deal with him, but he is going to race for Spire basically on loan. So obviously there's going to be a technical alliance there. Spire has been aligned with Hendrick, but to a very small degree, right? So Spire's investing $40 million in in a charter. They are obviously doing something, right? And so I would imagine there's a pretty big step up here. Now, if you look at their lineup, they're going to have Corey LaJoy, a veteran driver, and then they're going to get Hosevar and Zane Smith, two of the best truck series drivers out there. Uh, I mean, probably the two best besides Corey Heim, right? And they're going to move them up into the Cup Series. You're going to have support from Trackhouse. Not the Trackhouse has been great lately, but they're a good program overall, right? Um, so, yeah, this is very interesting. Obviously, lights a hell of a fire underneath Daniel Suarez's ass because it's like, basically, I think it's, hey, here's your replacements in the building. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all works. Uh, situation we haven't seen a ton. You kind of look at like Ryan Blaney going to Wood Brothers before he goes over to Penske. Um, although I don't know if he was necessarily a Penske driver at first, but I know there was a deal a couple of years ago when, when Clint Boyer between RCR and... Was it between RCR and MWR? I can't remember which one. But before he went to Stuart Haas to replace Tony Stewart, there was like a deal with, with Stuart Haas. Basically, he's our driver, but he's going to race for another team. It's been a few throughout history where we've had it, but it is kind of a weird scenario where Trackhouse assigned him, but they don't have a ride for him. And so they're going to throw him in the Spire car. Um, but I, I think that Spire is going to take a huge step from this. They've obviously gotten a lot more funding. Gamebridge jumping on board uh, has been a huge influx of money with them. And a lot of talks that the Andretti's are kind of in on that program as well, maybe as as some investors. Maybe that's announced officially in the offseason and it becomes Spire Andretti or something like that. Um, so, yeah, it seems like they're definitely moving somewhere. And Corey LaJoy, we had talked about him before he signed his deal, right? Like maybe he would go take one of these bigger rides that was kind of out there and and floating around. He decided to come back to the seven, and it was like, but at the same time, you know, was it something he knew where this was coming and they were already working on plans like this? And, and he's been there since day one of Spire, right? And he's seen the growth, and he can continue to see the growth. And now maybe they're going to take that next step into being a front row level team, right? Where Michael McDowell's running inside the top 10 a lot of weeks and worked his way into the playoffs and won a race this season, just gene you know, generically actually won one that wasn't a super speedway. Um, so yeah, be interesting to see from the Spire slash Trackhouse group with, uh, with that deal going down. Poor Daniel Suarez. Maybe, maybe he will end up racing in that Mexico race just to try to solidify. <laughs> he did. Uh, he did come up through NASCAR Mexico. Actually. I know. And that's what I'm saying. One thing Daniel Suarez has, uh, and this is why he's on his third big tier ride, that Matt Benedetto does not have lots and lots of sponsors, and he brings a shit ton of money with him. <laughs> Amen to that. Well, speaking of shit ton of money, we want to get you. Exactly that. So we will start setting up the bets for this Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 400. But first, let's tell you about Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame bets. Revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which Play, which picks have value stop betting in the dark join over 30,000 users researching with hall of fame bets to craft more intelligent data driven parlays download the hall of fame bets app or visit hofbets.com use code sgpn to get 50 percent off of your first month today start researching start winning with hall of fame bets 
Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. And of course, as you know, you can drive along with your favorite NASCAR team and drivers all year long. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, but you can win real money. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog's going to double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. All right, well, as we get set for the however many laps it takes to round to get Texas all the way around for 400 miles uh, race... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we look back and just, uh, you know, this race has been a crazy one because it hasn't been dominated by really anybody in the last, I would say mm, five years. Like there's not a lot of domination. There's a, a name that pops up a couple of times. And, and what, what I find incredible Cody as I was breaking down this race this morning and we kind of went over it in the recap show yesterday. It's that the names that dominate this track, the names that continue to pop up on this track are names that we're staying away from now because it doesn't matter. I mean, looking at you, Kyle Busch, looking at you, Kevin Harvick, neither one of these guys are trustworthy enough despite the fact that they are two of the more dominant drivers in history on this track, especially active history, and you just can't touch them. Kyle Busch is the most... The driver I'm most torn on this weekend because I want to bet on him mm-hmm. because the track history is here like we talked about. Reddick won this race last year in that eight car, which he's been good everywhere. Reddick was good. Like you said, you can't trust him. He did not make either of our cards, actually made your card in, in a negative way uh, for that reason, right? And we'll obviously talk about that. But yeah, it is interesting. I did want to mention too, uh, entry list because there are some very notable things on here. Uh, JJ Yaley's in the fifteen. Carson Hosfar back in the 50 or in the 42, rather. BJ McLeod in the 78. The most notable thing, Zane Smith. This is one of those races. He is going to be in the 38 car. Todd Gillen is going to be in the 51 car. So, uh, especially for like DFS, keep that in mind. Gillen's going to be in the 51, not the 38. Zane Smith will be in the 38, although it's not been great results for him when he's run that 38 car this year. So, be interesting to kind of see how that, again, just a whole weird scenario. And it's kind of weird they're still doing this because. That all happened early on in the season, right? And then uh, Gilland kind of has a pretty good year, and, and then Front Row decides to renew Gilland and and drop Zane Smith. I mean, he's still racing for them in the trucks, but he's gone next year, and, and of course he's leaving. Another thing we should, probably should have mentioned: leaving Ford, right, and not going sticking with Ford. So Ford loses another Ford and Toyota, just getting sniped by Chevrolet left and right. And I know Chevrolet's got the most rides, but. It's crazy how that that all happens sometimes, but that is notable. Uh, more so, probably going to be for DFS purposes, which we'll talk about later this week. But uh, just to to note as well, if you were looking at like a Gillen top ten, it'd probably pump the brakes on that uh, with with the bean in the fifty one car, right? I mean, were we looking at a Gillen top ten? I uh, know. No, I yeah. <laughs> just in case you were for some I'm reason. Just saying that's, that's uh, I know it's a good don't odds, look but at it now. yeah, don't don't definitely don't look at it now. So. Or maybe look at Saints. Uh, I probably wouldn't do that either. I don't know what the numbers are, but but you know, hey, he's in the thirty eight, so it's it's noteworthy. All right. Well, speaking of top ten, speaking of top five, speaking of all of that, why don't we go ahead and start laying down some bets for this race in Texas? Yeah, let's do that. I'm going to start off with Mr. Bubba Wallace. Uh, very, very big on Bubba Wallace this this week. Uh, a guy, he was one of those, 
I usually kind of put together a little list in my head, right? But as we go into the week, as as the checkered flags flying on Saturday or Sunday, Sunday usually the case, Saturday this past weekend. Okay, we're going to to Texas next mile and a half. So who are a couple of guys I want to circle? Bubba Wallace was one of those names. Um, so you know, found some good numbers I liked on him, uh, which is top ten, top yeah, top ten at plus one hundred, top five at plus three hundred. I'm going to take both of those numbers. Popped over to Ryan at iFantasy Race over on the X, and he backed me up, which is what I always love to see. Bubba Wallace at high speed mile and a half this year. Fourth place at Las Vegas. Fourth place at Kansas, number one. Fourth place at Charlotte. Uh, by the way, those are going to be your three comparable tracks is Vegas, Kansas, and Charlotte. Those are your other mile and a halves. Um, Michigan, you'll be able to look at some, two mile auto club some, but uh, these, these are really are, are your bread and butter. So fourth place in all three of those. Kansas, number two, he finished 32nd, but he was second place in stage one, and then he was running second place when he had the tire go down. Obviously, uh, missed out on those bets a couple of weeks ago for that reason. But Bubba Wallace and this 23-11 team in general, Tyler Reddick, God, I, I only found one way to really work Reddick in here. I hate it. I, <laughs> I, I want so badly to add him as an outright because he cashed for us a couple weeks ago at Kansas. He's going to be good again this weekend. He won this race in the eight car last year, uh, and he's going to be good here. But this 23-11 team in general, is going to be good again. They're going to be fast again. Toyota's going to be good again. Toyota's going to be... We've seen Denny Hamlin's been fast on all these tracks. Tyler Reddick's been fast on all these tracks. Uh, Martin Tricks Jr.'s been fast on all these tracks. Christopher Bell's been fast on these tracks until he fucks it up. Uh, and, uh, like, so 2311 has been good. Toyota's been good. They're going to be fast. Um, and so, yeah, it's a Bubba Wallace week again. Even money for a top 10. That is just... I, I am going to hammer that he should, barring any issues, easily be a top ten car. Um, and then a three to one, the top five spot. I think he could definitely get up in there. Uh, again, I don't know. I I, I know. I know. I know. Too another another point to the Bubba thing is he comes into this. Um, so with the reset point scenario, um, you know he ba he barely squeaked in, obviously, um, but he goes back to the bottom. So he's he's fourteen points out. He's the twelfth car right now. 14 isn't that bad, and if you look back at the last couple of weeks, and really the last couple of months as they were trying to make that playoff push, like they have been so good at being consistently just inside the top 10. At road courses where he was not good at previously, he worked hard, he was a top 10 car, he was getting stage points, and like they literally pointed their way in to the playoffs by, by just whittling away at good finishes, and then throughout the playoffs, right? You, you go back and you look, and Darlington was a really good race for him, um, he finished seventh place there. He was running really good at Kansas, got second place in stage one, running second place when he has the tire issues. Obviously, not much you can do after that. But then he has a, a decent day again at Bristol this weekend and good enough to advance him to the next round. So they're just a team that's kind of keeps putting it together and keeps just just good enough to keep going. And a top ten is just good enough to catch this bet. Indeed. Uh, yeah. I mean, top 10, that's, that's approachable. I can, I can go behind a top 10. Top five is maybe a little more of a stretch for me, but I'll, I'll follow you on the top 10 one. Um, I'll, I'll put another driver in the top 10 in mine, and that's Joey Logano. Uh, his top 10 numbers are at plus 125 over on bet 365. 
What's funny is that, again, we talked about it just yesterday, is the fact that Joey Logano is one of the toughest guys to peg. And really, it's because his finishes have not necessarily been all that predictable, uh, obviously. And it makes it tough. In 29 starts, 14 top 10s, five top or nine top fives, rather, and a win on the season. Look at what he's done lately. I mean, you go back to, we'll go back to Richmond, fourth place at Richmond. Actually, let's go back to Loudon. Second place at Loudon, 35th at Pocono. Fourth place at Richmond, 14th at Michigan, 34th at Indy, 10th at Watkins Glen, 5th at Daytona, 12th at Darlington, 5th at Kansas, 34th at Bristol. Uh, weren't we talking about a, an often, somebody was talking about an off and on pattern. I think it might have been Phil uh, last last week when we were talking trucks. So, <laughs> Are you a fan of an off and on pattern? I don't, I don't know. Pattern and, yeah. and I was not a fan of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you go you go back and forth pattern for, for Logano. He's he's due for one. But let's look at back at last season too, right? So last season was kind of a, a way for him. And he actually won the championship in this. Uh, we'll go back to... Uh, Kansas, or Darlington, rather. Fourth place at Darlington, 17th at Kansas. 27th at Bristol, second here at Texas. 27th at Talladega, 18th at the Roval, first at Vegas, 18th at Homestead, sixth at Martinsville, first in Phoenix. Like, the last, it's been up and down for Joey Logano, but he, he manages to find a way to actually make himself a, a, just a, a thing. You know what I'm saying? Second at, uh, at, Texas last year or last year rather 30th the year before that it's even almost like it in this in this track in and of itself uh 10th in 2020 third in 2020 4th 17th 3rd 6th 7th 3rd 2nd 3rd so going all the way back to 2016 there has only been two races in which he hasn't finished inside of the top 10 and I would you know I didn't want to take his top five numbers because I really don't want to take that risk but you know for two races out of the last several that he hasn't finished outside of the top 10. I like the fact that he can do that. Um, and then you look back at some of the mile and a halfs or some of the intermediate tracks that he's been on. Finished 5th at Kansas earlier this year. 12th at Darlington. 19th at Nashville. 21st at Charlotte. 18th at Darlington. Not really impressive there. But 6th at Kansas uh, earlier in the year as well. Uh, you can look back. He won Vegas in 2022. He uh, finished 2nd in Texas. 4th at Darlington in 2022. 9th at Nashville. He's a top 10 car when it counts. This is when it starts counting. So for Joey Logano, he's going to need to make this uh, a good top 10 run. And like I said, a plus money, look across the board. Top 10 odds are just kind of icky at this point. So um, take him at plus 125 on bet 365, Joey Logano, uh, to get inside the top 10. Hardest driver in the garage to predict. I tried last week, failed miserably. So best of luck to you, Rod. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, next up for me. And this is for our, our guy at 601 King Music over on YouTube. Made the comment on yesterday's video. A little disappointed Cody didn't show some love to Gibbs after a, a great run on Saturday night. You are right. There is so much to talk about every week, especially on these recap episodes from all the action and all three races, all the news, everything that's going on. Sometimes we overlook every little detail we should mention. But Ty Gibbs looked absolutely amazing. Finished fifth place. Led 102 laps in that race, Rod. For a rookie, still a rookie, right? I know he's after a full season now, but still a rookie. Looked impressive. I'm going to take him this week to finish inside of the top 10. You said top 10 numbers were gross. This number is not gross, though. Plus 175. Really, really like this for Ty Gibbs. I just got done talking about how fast Toyota is going to be, how fast 2311 is going to be. That means that Toyota and Gibbs is going to be fast as well, right? Denny Hamlin. Decent chance he's probably the best car all day long here because that's what he's been just over the last handful of races, right? And he's he's on fire right now. Um, but 
speaking of on fire, right? Gibbs led all those those races last or those laps last week and had the good solid finish. Go back and look at some of the the somewhat comparable tracks lately. 14th place at Kansas, 11th place at Michigan. Uh, he had a fifth place finish at Pocono as well. Again, Pocono is not really comparable, but intermediate style of track. Uh, and he's had some really good runs lately. He's coming off of a great run last week at Bristol. I think he can continue to build on that uh, and have a good run this weekend here at Texas. So give me Ty Gibbs, top 10 at plus 175. He is going to be a, just trouble as as the years progress. He is going to be oh, one of those guys that's gonna going to... He's going to be so good. Yeah. He's going to be so good. I just hope that he's mature enough to handle when the success starts to happen because when we see it hit too young for some of these guys, they don't know how to handle it, and... You know, I know that he's. I know he's the owner's grandson. I get that he may be on even That's a shorter leash. Part of a good thing though, too, is like he's in such a good situation because he he's driving for his grandpa and because that's such a successful team and he's got the veterans around him. Right, he got a little bit of time with Kyle Busch last year, but he gets this time with Denny Hamlin now, and Hamlin's coming back, and he gets Truex. Truex is coming back. He's got Coach Gibbs there to direct him. Like, there's a lot of good leadership in that program, and so I think that. That's going to help him a lot, and we've already seen uh, a big maturity steps from him. Right there was there was some things in the Xfinity series, and it was like, but hey, he's a super young kid too, right? And and he's obviously gone through some life things here lately too that I'm sure have you know uh, affected him and, and how he handles himself. But I would say, and and really, I mean, I've been super impressed this year. He's not a name you hear a lot in a, in a negative way. Um, you know, it'll be hey, their rookies having a good run, it's great and all that, but. You don't hear, oh, they're, you know, Gibbs got in the way again, or Gibbs caused this problem, or Gibbs did this, or wrecked this guy. It's, I've been very, very impressed. And, man, plus 175 for a top 10. I've, I've said this many times this year, but in a few years we'll look back and be like, can you believe we ever even got a chance to bet on that? Because he, he is special, and he's going to be so good. I concur. Uh, all right, let's move on to mine. I'm going to bump mine up to a top five finish here for William Byron, one of the guys that we've sort of soured on as of late because, well, he's really worth being soured on. Uh, hot start in the season, right? Obviously jumped out to just a, a sizable point lead, had those couple of wins early, won again at Darlington, won again in Atlanta, and, and now he won at Watkins Glen, but he faded off in between Atlanta and, and Watkins Glen, so he's resurfaced. And since then, he has got four finishes inside of the top 10 in his last five races. All of those four have been inside the top 15, so uh, he's been running solid ever since. Two of those have been top five finishes, obviously with that win at Watkins Glen. Uh, he's been in the front in a couple of those races, right? 66 lap he led on Watkins Glen. He did lead a lap at Daytona, but... I'm only asking him to get inside the top five, uh, and that's at plus 120 for William Byron to do that. Uh, this is actually, I mean, look, it's it's more of a stretch than you would think, given that it's William Byron and that we've seen how dominant he's been. Um, he only has one top five finish on this track in his entire career, which is very strange to, to think, given the fact even that he led 42 laps last year, uh, was second in total speed rankings overall on the race to his teammate Chase Elliott but ended up finishing seventh in that race. He did come in second in 2021 and lead and led 55 laps in that as well. Uh, but for William Byron, you want to look at some of those intermediate, intermediate results for him. 15th at Kansas, we already talked about that, but fourth at Darlington, sixth at Nashville, second at Charlotte, first at Darlington, third at Kansas, first at Vegas. 
12th at Homestead, couple of places outside of the top 10. 13th at I'm still at Las Vegas uh, last year, still just outside of the top 10, but 7th at Texas, 6th at Kansas, 8th at Darlington. Fantastic finishes over the last couple of seasons for William Byron. Of course, like I said, with several top fives in there, that second at Charlotte, win at Darlington, third at Kansas, uh, first at Vegas this year. All of those top five finishes uh, were, were all this year, right? And, and it's just, he's been so good at these tracks. We've had a run of so many tracks that haven't been those that maybe, like I said, it's time for him to be on a more familiar type of a track, which is this mile and a half, which is not a lot of strategy to be played, Cody just mentioned it. Tire wear is not necessarily that big of an option, so or or not that big of a factor. So you you can sort of run this the type of race that makes you more comfortable. And I think for William Byron, as we saw earlier in the season, that's what makes him comfortable. So I think getting him back inside the top five, especially now that we're in the next round of the playoffs, the the pressure ramps up again. And William Byron needs to perform at the level that he performed at earlier this season if he wants to contend with the people that are running hot now. So this 24 team's going to ratchet it up a little bit. They're going to make a, a good run out of it. So uh, give me William Byron top five at plus 120. He's so hard to predict when he's going to hit, but when he does hit, he hits. Like he could easily be the best car in this race. He could lead every single lap, win this race. I mean, this this team has been good, and when they show up, they show up big. I'm going to go a different way in the top five market, though. Danny Hamlin, it's minus 120, so a little juiced up for what we're used to here. But again, like we talked about, this is nothing over in the football world and some of these other bets you place. And Danny Hamlin is just finishing the top five at minus 120. I really, really wanted to bet on Danny Hamlin to win this race. We cashed him last week, right? He's had the fastest car three weeks in a row. It seems like a no-brainer. I decided to go another way, and I will explain that when I get there. But you go back and you look at Denny Hamlin, um, and he has been really good um, at, at all these tracks. The finishes haven't always been there, and that's kind of been the issue. And that's one of the reasons I think I didn't take him to win, but I still think he can be inside the top five. I do think that you look at the Kansas races, right? And not so much the second Kansas race, but the first Kansas race, like ran Larson down right late because of the tire wear, and he's one of the best at managing his tires and saving his stuff, right? You don't have that as much here. So, I think that that might take away from him having that chance late. Um, but you go back, oh, excuse me, again from from Ryan over here at iFantasy Racing, looking uh, in his recent races. He finished 10th here last year, but he spun out while he was running second um, from William Byron late in the race on lap 268, which dropped him back to 22nd. Um, 2021, he was 11th, uh, but the race unraveled, unraveled late. He was 5th with 21 laps to go. Uh, and spun out with 19 to go. Um, he finished ninth here in 2020 in the second race. Uh, but you go back and you look at high speed mile and a half this year. This has been his best track type in total speed ranking. He was 11th in Las Vegas, but he was running third before the late caution. Won the first race at Kansas, 35th at Charlotte. But if you remember, that's the race Chase Elliott hooked him and got suspended for wrecking him. Uh, so hard to, you know, he was top five before that, but hard to really know what would have happened in that race. And the second Kansas race finished second, of course, but had it not been for that late caution, which thank you for that because Tyler Reddick cashed for us. Uh, he would have, uh, you know, finished, won that race. So he's been extremely good at mile and a half. He's been the best car in the field the last three weeks in a row. Despite being the best car, he's only won one of those three races. And so I think maybe t attacking him at a top five rather than attacking him to win 
is a little bit of a safer scenario. Um, and a minus 120, you're not really paying that much. You want to pay the juice if you lose. Anyways, Denny Hamlin is going to be one of, if not the best car in this field. Um, and, you know, if he can avoid the shit, obviously, I think he'll be in the top five at the end of the day. Well, this is my favorite one that's not mine. So I definitely love this as well Good. because, yeah, I mean, obviously, I wanted to find a way to work Denny in as well. Um, really, again, he's just he's so good at this track. He has got the fourth most top fives of the active drivers. They still have Greg Biffle listed in this. It's the weird thing. But they have, he's got the fourth, mo- the fourth most top five finishes uh, in the yeah, in the field, Greg right drove now, so. a race. Was that last year? or Was it two years ago? I think that's what makes him. I think active it was two years ago. Still. That's what makes him active. Yeah, so <laughs> it's insane. But yeah, seven top fives for Hamlin. Uh, just uh, yeah, it's a really solid bet. I agree with that as well. Um, all right, you talked about earlier a way to fade Kyle Busch. This is how I'm fading Kyle Busch. I am taking Chris Busher over Kyle Busch at minus one ten over on DK. I talked about it. I said I know you can. And listen, you can make the counter argument to this all you want because it's it's gonna all the stats are gonna back you up on this to take Kyle Bush over Chris Busher, right? They're gonna tell you that Kyle Bush has been one of the, the best drivers on this track his entire career. You're gonna tell me that he's got all these laps led. You're gonna tell me that he's got the most active or the most active wins out of, on this track at four, right? Thirty two races for Kyle Bush, four wins, fifteen uh, 14 top fives. 18 top 10s. He has led 10,301 laps, which is the second most. Uh, take that back. Yeah, the sec. Uh, no, actually, shoot, man. That's like the fifth most of active drivers on the list. Um, so he's a fantastic force on this track. I don't care. I don't care. Because lately, Chris Buescher has beaten Kyle Busch head-to-head since Pocono. Well, actually, we can go back to Loudon. Uh, where where this all started. So since Atlanta, so after Atlanta, Kyle Busch has only won one head-to-head matchup against Chris Busher, and that was at Kansas, where Busher finished 27th and Kyle Busch finished 7th. After, but since then, you look back at Bristol last week, fourth place finish for Chris Busher, 20th place for Kyle Busch. Darlington, third place for Busher, 11th place for Busch. Uh, Daytona, seventh place for Bush. Oh, but Busher won that race. So we can't even count that for, for a top 10 finish for Kyle Bush. Doesn't matter. Watkins Glen, seventh. This is Kyle Bush. He should do good on a road course, right? Nope, 14th for Kyle Bush. 30 at the Indy GP, 11th. Michigan, uh, uh, Busher won that one and Richmond. So it doesn't matter what Kyle Bush did at that point. Pocono, 18th for Busher, uh, 21st for Kyle Bush. It has been a horrendous run since Atlanta for Kyle Busch. While Busher is on the right side of a gigantic momentum swing, that's not going to stop, folks. That kind of deep slide for a guy like Kyle Busch, especially one who's known to get in his ears or in between his head, in between his ears, in his head. Uh, yeah, you could tell where I'm at right now. It's just not good. <laughs> Are you in between your head and I'm, your ears? I'm in between my head <laughs> at this point and in my ears. I am... I'm living Kyle Bush right now. So Kyle, I know where you're at, buddy. If you need to talk, you know where to find us. But yeah, I, again, this is just a, a matter of, I don't care what either one of them have done on this track in the past, because it's not as if Bush's numbers on this track are fantastic. 13 starts, no top tens, no top fives. His best finish. You got to go all the way back to 2018 where he had a 15th place finish here on this track since 
30 last year, 21st the year before, 34th the year before that, 19th, 19th, 20th, 23rd. Nothing is impressive about this resume. But that's not the Chris Buescher we're watching this, this year. So toss everything out, toss track history out. Give me Chris Buescher over Kyle Busch on DK. You can find that at minus 110. Yeah, this one scares me a little just because of what Kyle Busch could be. But like you said, it's the inconsistency. It's, it's been the key here lately for him. Uh, they, they survived to make it to this round, but weren't super impressive. Uh, man, he, he should be good here. He's been good here in the past. The car was good here last year. But it's going to be tough and, until you see it. And you look at what, what Busher's done, right? He's won a ton of races lately. He's been good in these. You can't look at his track history because it's really irrelevant at this point because it's a completely different team, right? Even though it's the same team he's been on for a while, but it is a different team and they're in a different position. So hard to argue with this one. Um, it scares me a little, but uh, again, I think you made good points. So so go with the butcher side. Um, Tyler Reddick, another guy that I really, really wanted to bet on this week. I uh, looked at him a couple different ways as his top five, his top three numbers are kind of sexy, but I decided to go with him over Christopher Bell over under Kings at minus 125. Um, and again, for the same reason we've we've placed this bet before, right? And I think it was Kansas, uh, the last mile and a half we were at, we took this same exact bet. And this is how I, I foresee it coming, playing out again, is they're both going to start extremely well. They're both very good at qualifying on these tracks. They're going to start up front. Everybody's going to jump on Bell last second, and then something is going to mess up, right? And we saw it even last week, like, fastest qualifier yet again starts on the pole he leads a ton of laps early but then they have one slow pit stop and he still got a good finish right he still finished third but once they got a little bit behind he just could never get it back i think that's going to be the case again they just can't seem to put a full race together i do not believe in that number 20 team right now i do believe in tyler reddick and the 45 team he won this race last year he won at kansas the most recent comparable track of course just two weeks ago um and again from ryan over at i fantasy race Tyler Reddick's even a little better than you think at Texas. Of course, he won last year, um, led the most laps, had the best driver rating. He was misleading ninth place in 2021. Um, he, lap 326, he was battling with uh, William Byron for second. They had contact. Notice the trend here. William Byron seems to wreck everyone late in this race. Uh, but uh, <laughs> they had contact, and Reddick dropped back in the closing laps. Uh, Reddick had third best total speed ranking and ranked fifth in speed late in a run and had the sixth place running average position. So he's been good at Texas in the past. Won here last year in that eight car. Um, he's been good at the tracks he was good at last year. He, 23-11, again, back to Toyota, back to 20. Very, every bet I've had so far has been a Toyota bet. This is even a Toyota against a Toyota bet, but they should be good, basically, is my point. I don't trust Bell. I do think Bell will be good here. Uh, but you can't trust him to get to the end. You can't trust that pit crew to not make a mistake. So give me Tyler Reddick over Christopher Bell, minus 125 on DraftKings. Then I'm going to toss out my poll bets. I, I was going to save this for the end, but since we're talking about both these drivers, I'm going to toss them in right here, Rod. Um, Christopher Bell, plus 650. Tyler Reddick, plus 750. I want both of these guys. We talked about it with Christopher Bell. He is the Ryan Newman of today. If you don't get that reference, Ryan Newman, nicknamed Rocket Man because he was always on the poll like, just really good at qualifying and Christopher Bell is extremely good at qualifying. I don't even have their statistics pulled up because I don't care. I've read them before and they're good. You go back to, to last week at Bristol and Christopher Bell sat on the pole the week before at Kansas, Christopher Bell sat on the pole. Why can't he do it three weeks in a row? Kansas again, very similar to this. He's really good. He's at Kansas. He got the pole. 
He got the poll at uh, Michigan right before that, earlier on this season. I think it might have been Las Vegas. I'll to go back and check, but had a poll there as well. Tyler Reddick has been good at qualifying at these tracks as well. Uh, Kyle Larson, the favorite in this category as well as he is with the race, along with Denny Hamlin. But I think Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick are the way to go for the poll this week. So give me Bell at plus 650 and Reddick at plus 750. I love it. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, much like my number bets, you've been nailing these poll bets lately. So uh, I think everybody needs to uh, to tell you on these poll bets because you've been hot on the money. So got to make sure that uh, you read that. So, all right, I'm going to go to a group bet. We don't normally do these, but this group bet offers us a chance to pay attention to uh, other stuff to cheer for this weekend. And that is uh, Group E over there on Superbook, which contains... Carson Hosevar, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., A.J. Allmendinger, and Austin Dillon. Only one of those names did not make me throw up in my mouth. That was Carson Hosevar at plus 265. You know I love me some A.J. Allmendinger, but I literally cannot just, I can't in good conscience pick. That would be the only other name that I would have picked, but that's only because I have a soft spot for the guy. Um, I do absolutely love him to death. I just wish that he would run better. Um, and I'll use AJ Almendinger as our first uh, our first example of why not to bet him. 30th at Bristol, 30th at Kansas. He did have 13th at Darlington, yay, but 29th at Daytona, 4th at Watkins Glen, road course, you expect that. 26th at Indy GP, road course, you don't expect that. 26th at Michigan, 27th at Richmond, 17th at Pocono, 9th at Loudoun. I don't even want to keep going on. It's been a bad stretch for AJ Almendinger. Something has happened to that 16 team. Something has happened to AJ in particular. That is not necessarily making me feel good about suggesting him in this group. Same goes for Ricky Stenhouse, right? We just talked about it at the beginning of the show. Fantastic story. You win the Daytona 500. You're already in the playoffs, right? At that point, well, you think you are. But then you just have a meh season the rest of the way. Two top fives, eight top tens the rest of the season. Average finish of 167 Right, He did have a 10th place at Bristol last week, good for Ricky, but 23rd at Kansas, 16th at Darlington, 34th at Daytona, 13th at Watkins Glen, 25th at Indy, 21st at Michigan, 17th at Richmond. I'm going to stop because it's a horrible, horrible set of numbers that I'm going to continue to read off. Does not make you feel good at all about Ricky Stenhouse and what he can do at Texas. Again, not even using their past histories at this track because you're just seeing this season how much momentum means in what you do. I mean, just take Kevin, Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch right off of the jump. It's just a tough thing to predict when these drivers are doing as poorly as they're doing right now. It's easy at the top for Denny Hamlin, for Martin Truex Jr., for all of these names, Tyler Reddick, and all these names that continue to rise to the front to say, yes, look at their track history because it's fantastic. But for some of these guys, it's not necessarily that cut and dry. Austin Dillon, another one of these guys, right? Six top 10 finishes in 29 races, only one top five, 17th at Bristol, 33rd at Kansas, 20th at Darlington, 33rd at Darlington, 31st at Watkins Glen, 16th at Indy, 19th at Michigan. Again, the list goes on and on. 9th at Richmond, yay. 34th at Pocono, though. 9th at Loudoun, cool. 21st at Atlanta, 31st at Chicago, 36th at Chicago. Ugh, it's just not good. Like, none of it is good. Now, not saying that Carson Josevar is running around in the top five week after week in this series. No, but... 36 at Gateway crashed. We'll, we'll kind of give that. That was his first ever cup race. So you've got to give him a little was, bit of that. He was running really well that day. He was. He lost the brake rotor. Yep. So that's what I'm saying. That That's what it, he was actually doing a good job in that seven car, actually. So now that he's in the 42, 17th, 20th, 11th. Notice how none of those have the, the number three in front of them, which a lot of them in the other group had. 
You're just taking it off of what you're seeing lately. 11th at Bristol. This is a this is Bristol. I mean, we we've seen grizzled vets get their ass chewed on Bristol. Carson Osevar comes out with just outside of the top 10 in his first ever run there. 20th at Kansas, 17th. He's keeping himself out of trouble. He even started 15th and 16th in in two of those tracks. So he's got speed to even start in the middle of the pack with that 42 car. I trust him to, to win this group. You can find that at plus 265 over there on, uh, on Superbook. Rod, uh, when the IndyCar was here at Texas for that great race I mentioned earlier, they were accompanied by the Truck Series. Do you know who picked up his first career Truck Series win that day? It was Carson Hosevar. Mr. Carson Hosevar. So he loves this track. He's been extremely good. The mile and a half, uh, he, he had been his best in the Truck Series as well. You talked about it. He, he's been very, very impressive so far. Uh, he's just about to announce his plans to Spire. And he, I don't know what the holdup is, but he's going to Spire, that 77 car next year. Uh, that, that's a done deal from every done deal from everything it sounds like. Um, but yeah, I, I really like this. Uh, Dylan is the only one who gives me a little bit of pause. I think he could have a solid day. He's won here at Texas before. Uh, obviously, his teammate last year in Tyler Reddick won this race, uh, and we had, had circled him at Kansas because he's been pretty good on the intermediates, but he didn't do anything for us that day. So hopefully, he'll not do anything this week as well, and you'll be able to catch this one. So I do like it. I'm going to go back to Ty Gibbs here again. I uh, talked about him earlier. I talked about why I like him to finish inside the top 10. I also like him to beat Kevin Harvick. This is a very interesting talk about the old guard and the new guard being matched up here. Uh, and that's exactly what this is. But for Ty Gibbs, things are going great. He's, he's running really well. Uh, we talked about all that, right? And with Kevin Harvick, just got bounced out of the playoffs. He's got one top 10 in the last six races. You go back, I mean, 29th last week at Bristol, one of his better tracks. Couldn't get anything done. 11th at Kansas, but he wasn't that impressive. 19th at Darlington. Uh, 9th at Daytona. That's his one top 10, and that's a super speedway. So, you know, uh, Watkins Glen and Indy Road Course were bad. 8th at Michigan. That's an okay finish, but not. it's just not been that impressive from, from Kevin Harvick this season. Um, and you go back to some of the earlier uh, mile and a half, too, like 11th at Charlotte. Okay, but that's not that good, especially for what you expect from Harvick. And if you want Gibbs to finish in the top 10 here, that's going to beat that out, right? Uh, 11, or, yeah, 11th in the first Kansas race. Um, did have a fifth at Vegas, but that was super early in the season. That's been a long time ago. Uh, so, yeah, I think just the way things are going right now, Harvick is, is kind of checked out. Maybe they're just looking forward to Phoenix. Again, going to bet on him to win that race in Phoenix uh, because I think he will win that race. But I, I don't think he's going to have anything for the field this week. Give me Ty Gibbs over Kevin Harvick, minus 110. As much as it pains me to agree with you on that one, I'm going to because, like we said, it's just until until Phoenix, I think we're seeing, uh, it's like you said, or like we said earlier, it's the, the person who knows they're on their way out the door and you're just trying to yeah. muscle through the last of it. It sucks. We've loved betting on Harvick and we've made a lot of money on him in the last year and a half doing this show, almost two years now, right? But uh Hey, so you know that's that shows you even more how we feel about someone when we are betting used to betting on them so much, and we flip it and we go the other way. So, uh, yeah, guys like Denny Ham. I mean, that we had the hashtag fade Denny Hamlin was a thing early last season for we, we made so much money doing that, and then it flipped at the end of the season. Now we've been making money left and right on them this year. Like, you got to be willing to adjust, and it sucks because we love Kevin Harvick and. We're sad to see him leaving. We only got what seven races left with him now, six races, whatever it is. But 
yeah, it's uh gotta gotta fade him when it's when it's time and it's time. Good thing we didn't hold fast to our fade Danny Hamlin uh, <laughs> philosophy on this show Good for thing. sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, my next bet is going to be a manufacturer to win. I wanted to, and, and I'm going to contradict myself later on in our picks too. I really wanted to take the Ford side of this. Uh, to to be the winning manufacturer because the number was so good, but um, it's plus three seventy. If you want, you can try. I just the the person that I'm picking right now is is sort of a longer shot than what I because I mean, full disclosure, Cody Cody made the doc and then filled out the uh, the winners first, and so I was like, ah, damn, all right, well, fine. Uh, and then the rest, Why I you think I made the doc. I wanted to make sure I claimed my guy. And so this is what I'm saying. So like, I was like, all right, fine. I will take a little bit of a longer shot. On I this let one. you get to most of the rest of the best. You I just did to make sure I snuck in my, <laughs> I knew who I wanted this week, Rod. I got to claim my hey, territory. Got it. You got to mark your chair. Yeah, that's true though. Uh, especially in this super competitive world that we live in <laughs> here right. on the NASCAR Gambling <laughs> podcast. Uh, but so I'm going to take Toyota to win this. And this is at plus plus one forty over on Superbook. You can find it, uh, for Toyota. And, and only because, listen, it's not as if... I mean, Chevy's won three of the last four on this, but the only other manufacturer to win one here is Toyota. Uh, but Kyle Busch was driving that Toyota. So really, in a sense, we're, we're going to go pretty much all... And then Tyler Reddick was a Chevy last year, but now he is a Toyota, right? So really, Kyle Larson is the only one that has stayed put where he's at in this one. Uh, like you said, Austin Dillon won a couple of years ago, but I don't think that's going to happen again. So for me, you're factoring in Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex, like all of these guys that are, you know, Tyler Reddick now that has one on this track. He could back-to-back wins on this one, so this will cover you too if Tyler Reddick. If you don't feel good betting just one Toyota outright because you don't know which one to pick, then this one blankets you for all of those Toyotas is really what this bet is all about. It's not necessarily to say that you shouldn't try to pick one and go with it, but if you really don't want to pick a Toyota and you just want to kind of ride with whatever Toyota ends up winning, you're covered here too. And you might even want to do that all around. I mean, you know, not to say that I, I always tell you to, or I to ever tell you to sprinkle something on every manufacturer, but at this point, it's like with Ford being 340, you know, maybe if you take Toyota or Ford or Chevy or Ford and, and you leave out Toyota, I don't know. It just makes for an interesting way to sort of cover uh, you for every driver in the field, honestly. And, and if you really want a last-ditch bet, if you need to do it live or something, I don't know. I don't think they do manufacturers live. But anyways, I'm leaning more to- more toward Toyota because I feel like there's a possibility for a Toyota to win this race. I just don't know which one, and I don't want to pick. So this this is an easy way for me to do it. Well, Rod, uh, every single bet I've had so far has been Toyota-related, so would be pretty hard for me to argue against this. I will say my... Uh, of my three outrights, only one of them is a Toyota. But if you're betting on two guys that aren't Toyotas and you think the rest of the Toyotas are going to be strong, it's a good way to to hedge against that. So I do like that. Um, and really, you look at all six Toyotas, and all six of these Toyotas could win. It's very realistic. Obviously, Denny Hamlin is, is co-favorites with Kyle Larson. He can win any week, and especially on these types of tracks, right? Uh, Truex, we know, can be good. It's been a little rough for him lately, but... He's, he went through a stretch not very long ago. He's a regular season champion, um, you know, and, and so maybe he, he uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into that, but <laughs> never mind. Maybe he comes out and has a great race. We'll just go with that. Uh, Christopher Bell, I just got done talking bad about him, but he could be fast. He might start on the pole, uh, and he can win this type of race. Um, then you got Ty Gibbs as well. 
Talked about him having a good day. Longer shot for sure, but he could still win. He's going to get one eventually here. Um, and then obviously the 2311 guys, I love both of them this week. So I do think that this is, is a good way to go about it. All right. Well, then we will get into those winning picks in a second. Just uh, hang tight as we introduce you to another show on the network that we know and love. Hey, everybody. If you play fantasy football, especially in auction leagues. And or you're a whiskey fan. Yes, exactly. Check out the Sports Gambling Podcast fantasy football channel show, Old Fashioned Football. Coming to you every Tuesday morning. Give us a listen. We'll bring you the latest fantasy football data, including the injury report, studs and duds, waiver wire targets, and suggested fab, market movers. After all, we are the Marks. He is my hubby. And she's J Mark's wifey. And we're bringing all this to you while drinking an old fashioned and giving you our honest review of a different whiskey every week all that and more hop on over give us a listen come for the football stay for the whiskey this ad's almost done going once going twice sold all right cody like you said only one of yours is an actual toyota but what are your winning picks for this uh race at texas this weekend yeah so like i talked about earlier right denny hamlin was a guy that that came to mind i looked at him i really like him tyler reddick a guy came to mind i looked at him i really like him but I decided, and I don't do this very often, Rod. I think it's Kyle Larson's week, five to one. He's just a guy I don't bet on a ton. Outside of, I mean, his outright odds, he's always the favorite, almost everywhere, except for super speedways. Don't bet him next week at Talladega. We'll be fading him hardcore. But um, he's hard to bet on elsewhere because, like, he's super juiced up in all the matchups, and they can be inconsistent, right? It's it's top five or or bottom 35 for, for Larson. It's one or the other half the time, it seems like, right? But he's been a very fast car these last couple of weeks, kind of similar to, uh, to to Denny Hamlin, right? We had Hamlin was fast for a couple of weeks in a row, didn't get the win. Larson was very fast at Darlington. Obviously, he got the win there. Uh, first round of the last round of playoffs, and then first round of this round, if you like patterns like we talked about earlier. Uh, he was all right at Kansas, but he was very fast last week at Bristol. Had to start from the back, worked his way up there, couldn't run Denny down at the end, but he's going to be fast again this week. He's really good at these types of tracks. He's really fast at these types of tracks. You can make a case any week for Kyle Larson, um, but he's one of those guys you just got to pick and choose your spots with him, right? Because you can't bet him every week. It's not going to be profitable long term, but one of those guys I had circled this week, um, and Denny does, does scare me a lot, but uh, for the reasons I said earlier, right? And you look back at like Kansas. Kansas won when Denny won that by passing Larson on the very last lap. Larson led most of that race. He was leading on the last lap. If it hadn't been for the tire wear, probably wouldn't have caught him. Um, and I just, Kyle Larson is going to be really good this weekend. He's going to be fast. He could be the type of guy that just drop of the green flag. You never see anybody else up there again. And Kyle Larson just leads this whole thing. So Kyle Larson's my guy this week, five to one. Um, and then I kind of just went for the, the value department here, both guys at 20 to one chase Elliott. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago at Kansas should not have been 20 to one. Then still should not be 20 to one. I don't understand why you're pricing him at this. And, and really at Kansas, he looked good, right? He led some laps. He was up there. Um, and going over to, to Ryan here at I fantasy race, chase Elliott was a notable flat tire victim last fall at Texas. He crashed while he was leading on lap 183, like 44 laps had the best total speed ranking. Over the three segments he competed, Elliott ranked sixth, first, and first in terms of speed. Again, they're still alive in the, the round of 12 for the owner's playoffs. That means something. Uh, and Chase Elliott, he, st- he wants to get out of the season. The, the story on Chase Elliott does a complete 180 
if he comes out and wins one of these final races. It's all it's all been about oh he ski accident, missed the playoffs, hasn't won anything. He comes out and he wins one of these races. It's gonna change that narrative a lot. And okay, here's Chase Elliott. He's win he's back in victory lane and he's a streaky driver. We've talked about that before. If he can get going, watch out. And he takes that momentum into the offseason and in the next season, he won the most races out of anyone last season. Don't forget that. He was the only driver to win five races during the regular season. Regular season title, he wrapped it up a week early, um, all of that. So Chase Elliott should not be 20 to 1. For that reason, you've got to take him. That's over on Superbook. Um, and then over on Caesars, Bubba Wallace at 22 to 1. I made the case earlier for him to be in the top five. I made the case for him to be in the top 10. If he's going to do that. I think he could be in position to win this race. Man, can you imagine? <laughs> Bubba Wallace comes out, locks himself into the next round in this first race. Uh, you know, if it comes down to rolling the dice late, maybe they take a gamble and maybe they think, hey, this is our chance to to get up there. Uh, I talked about it earlier. He's going to be running a good race. They're going to be checking the boxes to try and get points. They know how important it is. He's going to be in position. Maybe we get a late restart like his teammate did a couple of weeks ago at Kansas, and, and he leads the last couple of laps and gets this one. He's been really, really fast at comparable tracks. He's been very good at him. You go back to la all four of the last Kansas races, like, He's been one of the best cars there. Again, this is a comp track to Kansas. It's it's very comparable uh, other than the tire wear part of it. But I think Bob Wallace could find his way up front. Maybe tires do become an issue, right? And, and tires got him a couple weeks ago at Kansas. But if we have blowouts like we had last year and Kyle Larson hits the wall and then Denny Hamlin hits the wall, maybe he is that next best car that's right there to take advantage of this uh, and, and capture a win at 22 to 1. That's just a higher price than Bubba Wallace should be on what has been his best track type uh, other than super speedways. Obviously you count him uh, very well in there, but he's been good here. I read the statistics earlier. Uh, I mean, fourth place uh, was a fourth place of Vegas, fourth place of Kansas one, fourth place of Charlotte. If you're in the top four at 22 to one, that you're going to have a chance to win some of these races late for sure. And he was second uh, at Kansas too, but uh, before he hit the wall or before he had the tire thing there late. So uh, yeah, love Bubba Wallace this week. And I think at 22 to one, he's worth the flyer to win this race. Uh, again, I, 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 yeah, okay. The Bubba thing—that—that's the only thing that hangs me up. I'm—I'm I'm still not sold yet, but uh, I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna argue with you because you're good on the long shot winners. So if Bubba does win, you can do a victory lap, and I will clip the clip the the thing out, and you could just you know run circles around me with streamers saying, "I told you so." I told you so. Uh, Don't tempt me with a good time, Rod. Uh, <laughs> I know, and we'll tape it too for that. Uh, how's that? All right. Uh, so this one's not going to make you feel good because it's it's me saying Brad Keselowski is going to win this one at 14 to 1 over on Superbook. You're going to say, Rod, why? Because Brad Keselowski is not the name you think of when you think of Texas. 27 starts, 12 top 10s, five top uh, five, six, six top five finishes. I do know how to read. Uh, but listen, over the last four races... He has been inside of the top 10 in every single one of those between the two car and the six car. Uh, and we know how bad last year that six car ended up being. He put that thing on the pole. He led 31 laps, ended up finishing eighth in this race for a team that was just garbage at the end of last season, even really most of last season. It was the rebuilding. That was the, the beginning of the momentum that we started to see from these guys. And we talk about momentum. He's on it. He got a second-place finish at Daytona, sixth at Darlington, ninth at Kansas, eighth at Bristol. 
He's been fantastic over the last few races. He's knocking on the door, right? I mean, he led 23 laps at Kansas a couple of weeks ago. He led 102 laps at Richmond, right? 15. He's been in the front at, at peaks and, and, and valleys here for him, but he's been at the front for, for some of these races. And I feel like, if not now, when? For, for Brad Kozlowski, because it's, it's getting to the point now where in his playoff life, he really is going to need to win to advance because I just don't think he's going to continue to point his way in to the final four, not against some of these heavier hitters in there. So that team needs a win to get into the next one. I think he needs the win to show that he's still the better driver <laughs> in his own team, uh, honestly, if we're getting really personal there. But um, yeah, I mean, no wins for him. Uh, on these intermediate tracks in a very long time. So I'm just saying, if I'm going to take a longer shot, because I, I really do think this is this is Larson's week uh, as well. And and like I said, if it's not, then I think a Toyota may end up winning this. But I can, I can see a way that Brad gets to the front of this race, continues to run. Oh, hello, doggy. Uh, continues to run outside uh, and just keeps himself clean. And and maybe steals himself a win. His teammate already has a couple this season, right? His his car, the seventeen car, has some wins already this season. So it really is not that much of a stretch to say that six car can find victory lane, uh, just like his other car has. I mean, look, he needs to do it, right? He needs to prove it. Yeah, I. If you're watching on YouTube, sorry, the dog wanted out. I knew, I knew she wasn't going to make it through the whole episode, but <laughs> I didn't want her barking at the door, so I let her in here anyways. Um, but yeah, I do think that that Keselowski is another good guy as more of an insurance play, right? And again, if tires become an issue, uh, nobody likes to gamble like they do, right? We make you're a week early. He's going to get his win next week at Talladega, but that's okay. We'll count it this week too. Another point I wanted to make for the Larson thing, as far as why I really have him circled this week. Uh, when we walk through our brackets, I have Larson going out this round. I, I think if Larson does not win this race, he's in big jeopardy to get knocked out of this round. He is absolutely horrible at Talladega. I don't have the statistics in front of me. I think it's three of the last four, three of the last five. He's finished 35th or worse, like really, really, really bad at Talladega. Bad at super speedways in general. Talladega specifically, it's, not, it's likely not going to be a good race for them. Now, anything can happen. Maybe he avoids the chaos. Maybe a bunch of people wreck in front of him, and he he gets a decent finish. But they have got Texas circled in in his biggest circle you can put for. We have got to win this race, and much like last round, if he can win, they don't have to worry about it. Especially with the inconsistencies they've had uh, of not getting good finishes. And the Roval, although he's a good road course racer, the Roval's not been super kind to him either. Um, so I think that this is very, very, very important race for everyone. Like I said earlier in the show but especially Kyle Larson. I think that the team understands that. I think Kyle understands that. I think his his crew understands that, and they have got to show up and win this race this weekend. I, like I said, agree with you on that one as well. Um, all right, get out your pen and paper. We are going to go over the bets for this Echo Park, Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 400. 400, not five, 400. Uh, Cody started you out with Bubba Wallace as a top 10 car at plus 100. Tacked on top five at plus 300. I gave you Joey Logano as a top 10 car at plus 125. And then Cody gave you Ty Gibbs as a top 10 car at plus 175. I said Byron would find his way into the top five at plus 120. Cody said that Denny Hamlin would get inside the top five at minus 120. I said that Chris Buescher would finish better than Kyle Busch at minus 110. 
Cody gave you Tyler Reddick over Christopher Bell at minus 125 and then added on uh, the poll bets for both Bell and Reddick. Uh, Bell at plus 650 for the poll, Reddick at plus 750 for the poll. I gave you Carson Hosevar as the winner of Group E at plus 265 over on Superbook over Stenhouse, AJ, and Austin Dillon. And then Cody gave you Ty Gibbs over Kevin Harvick at minus 110 on Superbook. I said Toyota would win this race if you really wanted to put something down on a manufacturer. That's the one that makes sense at plus 140 over on Superbook. Cody gave you Larson at 5 to 1, Elliott at 20 to 1, Bubba at 22 to 1 to win this race while I tossed in Brad Keselowski at 14 to 1. The stars at night are big and bright. Of course, we're not racing at night, but it's still deep in the heart of Texas for NASCAR. And uh, we're going to look forward to watching a normal Sunday race for a change. Have you checked the weather, Rod? Be careful before you say that. <laughs> it's Texas. It's going to be hot. I yeah. And it snowed in California when they were there earlier this year. So, Oh, that's true. Uh, be careful. <laughs> that's true. You're absolutely correct. I forgot. Don't underestimate the Under weather nature. power of NASCAR. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, then, uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and send everybody on their way. And, uh, and get ready for our next episode, which will either be Xfinity or we'll figure it out because <laughs> hopefully yeah, odds are Xfinity dropping. Xfinity outrights have dropped, so okay. I think that uh, we should be good by the time we get around to recording that one. Perfect. Uh, no trucks this week, sadly, but we'll be back for Xfinity for sure. Uh, yeah, follow me over on X at Husker underscore Z. You can find all my work there. Week three running back rankings are dropping soon. Holy hell, Rod. That's been a tough article to write. There's a lot of hurt running backs. There's a lot of, of band-aid together running back situations. Uh, that one was a struggle to get figured out. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. All my DFS plays later this week as well for Sunday's slate. Check that out as well. Um, and then, yeah, F1 Gambling Podcast. We'll be back, I think. Is there? Oh, I don't know. There might be a race this week. I just, it's been a week so far, Rod. You're telling me. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> Uh, all right, follow me on X at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio, at least for now, until they start charging, and then just I'll figure out someplace else to go. But uh, oh, really? They're doing that? I don't Come know. On, well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, find me there. There's a link in my bio for now that's got everything I got going on. Went three for three in the Saints Panthers prop picks uh, last night. That was fun. One for three in the other game, but. Eh, we won't talk about that. But anyways, follow me there. All the, my other picks for NFL and across the board, Fast Money as well, in between media. It's all there for you on X at RJ Gomez. We will see you tomorrow with Xfinity Race uh, from Texas as well. So until then, everyone, let's go racing and let it ride. Yeah.